0: Everyone, good afternoon, and welcome. My name is James Baca, and welcome to the Notorious Banker podcast. Twenty-seven thousand plus amazing followers on social media. We got twenty thousand plus on TikTok at Notorious Banker, thirty-two hundred plus at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, and four thousand plus at Notorious Banker on Instagram. I am also the author of High Risk Transaction, the Ryan Kugler Bank of America incident, now available in Kindle and paperback format on Amazon, and a soon-to-be released book on Zell name still to be determined coming very very soon guys thank you so much for your love and support i do appreciate it and i do appreciate you listening to these 40 second intros about me <laughs> I, I i do get a big head sometimes and i do have a huge head in reality too but i really appreciate you listening to this podcast it is august the 24th 2022 i am hard at work on my book about zell Uh, We are nearing the end and then we're going to start to get to some editing, so I'm really excited to show you what I'm working on. It's my personal opinions, my personal thoughts about a very, very horrible product that big banks are pushing on their customers pretty much. You may hear a little desk fan in the background. It's the desk fan that I stole from Bank of America in 2018 right before my branch closed and I lost my job. Um, But it's a nice kind of warm day outside. It's been raining the last four days. It's been beautiful. It's been amazing. Uh, I was going to record a podcast on Sunday, but my wife and I decided to paint our bedroom. And what was a two-hour scheduled job ended up taking two days, and we're still kind of working on doing the finishing touches. And all I can tell you is I hope to God The Notorious Banker works out. Because I cannot do blue-collar work. Being a painter, being a person who moves furniture as big as I am, as strong as I am, that is just not for me. I cannot do it. We're going to talk about a couple of things in today's podcast, but I do want to let you know that, you know, as my book is nearing completion here, you know, these podcasts, like I said, are becoming kind of sparse. You know, I've, I only did four the last couple of months, and I want to make sure that I do at least one a week, which is four a month. But at the same time, you know, there's times where I want to prioritize what's really important in the moment. And there is a lot of stories that are going on in the banking world, and I do want to talk about them. I'm going to talk about a couple today, but I want to let you know that if I go 10 days without recording a podcast, it is not me losing interest in this subject. I am fully immersed. I hate that word, but I am fully immersed in the banking industry, everything about it. Had an amazing conversation with a colleague yesterday. Um, someone who was asking me questions about my thoughts on my particular industry and my particular bank, um, that I talk about all the time. And I got to tell you, it's important to have these conversations because as time goes on and the four year anniversary of me leaving Bank of America goes on, we're going to talk about that in today's podcast. Uh, my memories don't fade. The reason why I do this is because of the memories that I had working at Bank of America, the memories that I had being a Bank of America customer, the memories that I have being on social media, and seeing the hurt that big banks inflict on their customers. So again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Of course, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I believe I'm on iHeartRadio as well. And um, it's one of those things where I don't listen to as many podcasts as I did before, um, mainly because I'm not into uh, pro wrestling at the moment as much as I was a couple of years ago. Do a lot of sports podcasts. I do the Keith Olbermann podcast because I kind of model my commentary after his. Even though politically we may not be a hundred percent on the same page, I will tell you one thing: I love the way he speaks. I love the way he thinks because that's the way that I think. Um, so in today's podcast, we're gonna just kind of celebrate my four-year anniversary of me getting fired from Bank of America. Just gonna share some thoughts on that in the second segment, but the first segment is something that popped up just yesterday. Guess what we're talking about, my friends? EDD. Yes, EDD, California Unemployment, which is, um, you know, the caretaker is Bank of America. They're the ones that have the purse strings. They're the ones that have the distribution for California unemployment. Well, guess what? Our friend Michael Finney in San Francisco, Channel 7 ABC affiliate there, had another story about another victim of EDD fraud and Bank of America denied this person to the tune of $15,000. Imagine how fucking expensive, excuse my language, it, it is in California. Especially in San Francisco. I know I have a former co-worker and friend that works there. $7 gas, 3000 a month rent. And, and these a-holes from Bank of America withheld $15,000 in a fraud claim for a customer. Well, Michael Finney from ABC7 in San Francisco Fought, got the money back, big surprise there, I'm rolling my eyes, because, you know, Bank of America's a bunch of cowards. We're going to talk about that story in detail, and we're just going to talk about all the things that Bank of America promised that things were going to get better with California EDD unemployment, chip cards, and the like. It won't be a long commentary, because you've heard a lot of it before, but guess what? This is still going on, and this is still an issue and people are getting victimized still to this day as a result of Bank of America's ineptitude with EDD and other parts of their banking. Then I mentioned we're going to talk about the four year anniversary of my ass getting fired from Bank of America, which became the birth of a Notorious Banker. And I'm just going to tell you where I stand four years out of being out of the banking industry. I think um things are turning the corner. I really do. And I want to talk about that a little bit as well, my friends. This is the Notorious Banker Podcast. My name is James Vaca, known professionally as the Notorious Banker, and I'll be right back after this brief promotional consideration. So please stick around. All right, we're back with more Notorious Banker Podcast. So, of course, you know, one of the things, one of the battles that I have raged in the two, three years of me doing the Notorious Banker Podcast is California, the state of California, and the treatment of bank customers in california by bank of america my former employer particularly with edd which is california's unemployment as you know i wrote a book called please try a call again later about my battle with new mexico unemployment which is caretaken taken by wells fargo um you know in 2020 covid you know these unprecedented times i haven't said that in a while um there's been so many things going on um you know, with unemployment, with you know, stimuluses, with bank accounts, with fees, with fraud. And yes, understandably these companies, these states, um, they go through a lot. There was a lot of stuff going on. But there's a difference between there's a lot of stuff going on and doing something about it, and a lot of stuff going on and doing absolutely nothing about it, and using that as an excuse to not help customers. Well, as we know and I have talked about probably a dozen times in this podcast, california unemployment edd is a sham it is a fraud they're the fraud there's so much fraud going on that they are the fraud bank of america um i really do believe they take on these projects as kind of a um you know kind of a vanity project the same way like paris hilton would be you know doing a nightclub event to benefit autism or something you know like you know it's something that like wow like i didn't expect that from her well not a lot of people did, but it's a nice cause and you put your name to it and it makes it look like you're um, doing the right thing. And that's what Bank of America does with state unemployment in a lot of states, particularly in California though, which is, of course is the biggest state in the country. So Michael Finney, who works at ABC7 in San Francisco, I think it's KGO over there, um, you know, he's been on top of this the last year and a half. There's been so many stories about Zell fraud, so many stories about Bank of America, just fucking up there's no other way to say it and he's been on bank of america's balls for the better part of a year and a half and um sure enough yesterday i see another story that michael finney um posted and his news station posted about um another scam with california edd and here's the headline story here Fraudster still fifteen thousand from bay area man's edd card bank of america says quote no error occurred And then the the sub-headline is, but the worst part, he says, he saw three large money transfers had gone into three separate bank accounts. Now, I've talked to you a lot about EDD fraud and the way that people scam other people. It's something that I've taken an interest in, not scamming people, but learning why it happens and how it happens. The one thing that I've learned being a successful person on TikTok is there's all these little telegram pages, there's all these little behind-the-scenes pages where people sell stolen credit card info, and it's terrifying you know thankfully i don't have much of a credit limit because my credit sucks but um if i had a good credit card my information could be stolen and basically sold to someone to commit crimes on me for 10 cents on the dollar i've seen it with my own two eyes it's it's insane so you know banks are aware of that i'm aware of that it's it's a you know not a, a a hush hush type of secret thing it happens a lot and people are well aware of what's going on The fact that Bank of America knows about these type of things and still does nothing to protect its customers and then using the same bullshit over and over again to deny people is a problem. So I'm going to read this story here. It's from Cotati, California. I believe I said that right. Uh, KGO from Michael Finney. It was a big problem during the COVID-19 pandemic unemployed workers received their Ed- employment development department edd benefits on bank of america debit cards but they were the targets of fraudsters who drained millions of dollars from workers accounts many could not get reimbursed this year bank of america was fined 225 million dollars for automatically denying their claims did a podcast on that the problems seemed to go away um, michael no it didn't but now a north bay man says thieves drained his edd debit account too And then here's a Reg E paragraph that Michael put in. Banks are required by law to investigate every claim of fraud on a customer's account. Bank regulators ruled that Bank of America instead used fraud filters to automatically deny claims during the pandemic. B of A says it stopped that practice, but this viewer says someone hijacked his EDD account, took thousands of dollars, and the bank shut down his claim. Alfredo Mancia of Cotati was recovering from surgery when it happened. Quote, it was a shock to me to find out close to $15,000 was taken out of my account. He said, "And I thought, man, this money got stolen from me and I can't get it back. Someone had stolen the disability payments from his EDD debit account, nearly $15,000 gone. And that money is a lot of money to someone who has a wife and two kids is on disability. I got behind on my house payments. That did scare me, said Mansilla. Mansilla realized something was wrong when Bank of America suddenly froze his debit card. So I'm going to stop right there. Bank of America froze 350,000 debit cards, saying this for, quote, security purposes. Well, Bank of America stopped his. So the act of freezing his debit card, and this is the thing that just really upsets me, the act of freezing his debit card should be kind of an indicator that Bank of America thought, hey, yeah, something weird's going on with Alfredo's account. If nothing was going on, why did they do it? Why did they do it? it that makes no sense to me. It, it's so inconsistent the way that they handle these type of things. Zalfredo so says, quote, I thought, why is it frozen? When he checked with the bank, he found out his account was now linked to a stranger's email and phone number in Texas. His statement showed several charges he never made. It almost sounds like Zell. And, and and here's another thing, too, just for basic Bank of America customer service, Okay. And I'm talking to you as a Bank of America former manager, someone who knows policy and procedure, and someone who would get grilled and called on this BS if I worked at this place. He found out his account was now linked to a stranger's email and phone number in Texas. So one of the things they ask you is, hey, Alfredo, how are you doing today? To verify we have the correct person on the account, what is your email address? And then he says, it's alfredo at yahoo.com. If that's wrong, they're not going to talk to him. He said, no, that's not correct. What's your phone number? Area code 575-555-5555. No, um, that's incorrect. Um, because you answered two questions incorrect, I'm afraid I can no longer continue this conversation. Please go to your nearest branch for assistance. Thank you and have a good day. And they hang up on you. I've done that before to people because they couldn't answer basic questions about their account. Now, don't get me wrong. There might have been a time where someone called. They didn't know the answer to these questions. They might have been victims of fraud. But I had to do my policy and procedure to make sure that I had a right person, not a scammer on the phone, okay? That's just proactive stuff. So if they told him, I know this sounds weird, but if they told him that there was a different phone number and a different email address on his account, meaning that they could identify him but they, they could tell him that, that's technically violating privacy. They, they can't tell you that information if that's one of the things they, they ask of you as a security question. So anyway, it says his statement showed several charges he never made. But the worst part, he saw three large money transfers totaling almost $15,000 had gone into three separate bank accounts. None of them belonged to him. Quote, I told him that the transfers that were being made were not mine. The account numbers were not mine. So... I don't know how they knew what the account numbers were. I don't know if they told him, which is also another weird thing. And even if they were theoretically, quote, his account numbers, associates are not supposed to do that. So I don't understand how they gave him this much information if they didn't believe that something illegitimate wasn't going on. Mancia filed a claim at Bank of America, but the bank rejected it right away. The bank said, quote, we've completed a review and determined no error has occurred mancia said quote it felt like i got hit in the stomach when they denied my claim the first time the second time and the third time so see he has been on it for a long time and the bank denied his claim two more times saying quote our original decision was correct and then mancia says it just baffles me the lack of effort that they did to try to rectify this problem amen i am gonna get to that in a second knowing that they have problems like this you know for the last few years now lack of effort lack of effort the tools are there at Bank of America. I've seen the tools. I, I worked there a long time. I worked with people who worked at smaller banks or people who moved on to smaller banks. And they're like, God, I wish we had XYZ from Bank of America at this bank. We had it made because we had all these tools to kind of help people. We had these tools to help ourselves. So Mr. Mancia, who's not a Bank of America employee, who's just a, a customer, a victim, says the lack of effort i say a fucking men to that it's the lack of trying that bugs me the most about edd fraud the lack of trying that bank of america has when it comes to doing basic customer service general customer service fraud claims filing a claim investigating the claim the lack of effort is totally screwing up what's going on here and it's to the tune of billions of dollars of course through all the reports and things that we've had, the post-mortems after COVID. Millions, billions of dollars, millions of customers impacted. And they still have a lack of effort whenever it's actually not as bad as it was in 2020 that it is now in 2022. That just fucking boggles my mind. And then um, this next thing says, Mancia says the bank could have simply checked the accounts that received his money to find the thieves who really took it. I I respect Mr. Finney and his reporting here, KGO, and the way that this is written, it's kind of Pollyanna-ish. And the reason why I say that, and don't get me wrong, I think this reporter is amazing. He's done amazing things to help a lot of people. The bank could have checked it. Like, who's the bank? Who is they? Like, before the money got transferred, there's no way that that can happen and I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Bank of America here. But it's just very naive to think, well, they could have just cross-checked this and this and that. Yeah, they very well could have, but they didn't. That that That's besides the point. You don't need to pile on when something bad's already happening. You know what I mean? Uh, to find the thieves who really took it, well, guess what? Those accounts were probably stolen too. It's probably some old lady's account, and she doesn't even know she got hacked. They moved money in, they moved money out, they got the money to where they needed to go, and they probably spent that money long ago long ago okay so it just it just blows my mind it says also the bank might have noticed his account was linked to an email with a domain based on an island near madagascar (laughs) it doesn't mean they're from madagascar doesn't mean they're from nigeria doesn't mean they're from russia or china or even across the street that doesn't matter it's irrelevant stuff You know, to me, this is just, you know, those damn foreigners stealing all of our money. No, no, it's not. Okay, so here's the thing. I have some Gmail accounts that I use for my work, personal and stuff like that. I have some, like, grocery store, rewards clubs, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, all these things tied to a .xyz domain name and tied to a .info tied to a dot club i hate those domain names dot club dot xyz dot book dot movie but you know what sometimes it's so much easier to get those type of domain names so the domain name does not bother me the email the bank might have noticed the bank doesn't notice shit. okay the bank doesn't notice those things there's been times when i worked as a banker and i had to ask a customer their email address And, you know, their email address is ilove420-69 at yahoo.com. It's embarrassing to them. It's embarrassing to me. It's a weird conversation to have. Um, But I'm not going to flag an account for them having a stupid email address. I've had a stupid email address for 25 years. So the domain email thing, whatever. Don't make it worse than it already is, which is horrible fraud. Quote, they would have seen that my name was not on them. It's ridiculous. They wouldn't want to do anything to correct it. I don't know if they mean the email, I don't know if they mean the bank transfers, or whatever. It, that part doesn't matter, and I understand the customer's frustration there. But don't make a mountain a bigger mountain, okay? The mountain's hard enough to climb. Don't throw all this extra stuff in there to make it seem like you're more of a victim than you already are. And I'm not saying that in a, in a to downplay it. I'm saying you're a victim. You really are. But whenever you say, well, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, you're just looking for reasons. You're just punching someone When they're stunned. And guess what? Bank of America's stunned whenever all this shit gets thrown back at them for all the crap that they do. Seven on your side asked Bank of America if it used an automated fraud filter to decide his claim. A spokesperson said, Oh, I wonder who that was. Bill? Halden. Hello? Quote, We have not used that filter in more than a year. Uh, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Filter or not. They do this shit without the filter. Trust me. So guess what happened? However... The bank did reverse its decision and put that money back into Mancia's account. Mancia was amazed. What a fucking shock. Really? ABC7 in San Francisco comes calling and the bank says, Okay, we're just going to give his money back. 15000 is 15000 Bank of America makes $7 billion a quarter. I understand it's literally a fraction of 1%. But you don't become a billionaire by letting 15000 go here and there. If Bank of America knew that it was not legit fraud then they would have not done that but they knew it was fraud and they got caught trying not to help this person and all of a sudden boom he gets his money back it's the victim lottery i've said it all the time it is the victim lottery it's you know what if you get on tv if you get a reporter to kind of plead your case for you you're gonna get your money back you know why because to use the socorro terminology and god help me with the misogynistic tones of this big banks are a bunch of pussies they are a bunch of pussies. They are, they are so afraid. They are so chicken to be called out on the practices that they do that whenever someone comes to call and says, hey, this is kind of weird to do that. Why did you do that? They just go, oh, hey, yeah, no, we were going to call him. And you know what? We, we found evidence to, to reverse the decision. Yeah, likely fucking story. Give me a break. Mencia said, you, sh- you shed so much light into my life. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Knowing what was stolen from me, I got it back. Thanks to you guys. So parties at my house next week and he says, I know you're saying that to be kind of funny whatever, but you know what? This is something that is not funny. It's one person who gets his money back. It's another person who doesn't get their money back. And this stress goes on over and over and over again. I've often said I don't understand how these EDD fraud claims people don't have high suicide rates for God's sakes. The stress they may have of getting these phone calls with the exact same claim over and over again. They know that fraud is happening and they have to pretend that they have to go through these investigations as if something was going to uncover some massive scheme of, of fraudulent claims being placed or something. It's just utterly ridiculous, okay? Bank of America says that it actually helped to stop much of the fraud that plagued relief programs during the pandemic. I can't even stop myself from laughing reading that statement. Yeah, it actually helped. Um, you know, I'm writing a book about Zelle. I'm trying really hard not to write it about Bank of America. Although I have to give my B of A stories there in order to, you know, in order to kind of just shed context into what's going on here. And the one thing that I learned about my writing is I use the word actually, um, actually a lot. Bank of America says it actually helped to stop much of the fraud. Just say Bank of America says it helped to stop much of the fraud. You know, Whenever Bank of America says something like that, uses an adjective, um, it's unnecessary. There's really no need for that because we know that they didn't do it, and they said they tried to help to stop most of the relief programs. Well, um, yeah, you froze 350,000 cards for people who weren't fraudsters, and they couldn't eat, they couldn't pay their rent, they couldn't pay their bills good job guys (laughs) the bank also said it no longer wants to be the provider of edd debit cards this will be its last year under contract um what happened to the chip cards i don't know now you know here's the thing they no longer want to do it because like i said it's a vanity project for them whenever you have you know a hundred thousand people filing for unemployment yeah that's one thing you know you can probably turn that out hire a few hundred people you could have a nice little operation there 40 million people in California, and half of them are filing unemployment claims, including Scott Peterson, convicted murderer, and other people. Yeah, I would probably not want to work there, and I probably wouldn't want to be involved with that department either. There was so much of that bullshit that was going on. It was just frustrating and ridiculous. And I just really just... I understand why Bank of America doesn't want anything to do with it, but at the same time, I hate them for wanting to do that because i know i know what they're capable of and you know denying claims on a smaller scale happens all the time it happened all the time in my area but denying claims to the level that they did in california impacting it yes they lost hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars to fraudulent claims we understand that but just because someone stole something doesn't mean you punish me Just because something happened with someone else doesn't mean you punish the other person. That's not the way that it works. So I would gladly say yes, get the fuck out of EDD, um, debit cards, and just the customer service part of it, Bank of America. It says it'll be the last year under contract, Well, we'll see what happens. I I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know one thing. They're washing their hands of something that they never really wanted to be a part of, and that was actually helping people. I used the word actually there, I'm sorry. Um... To help people is something that really takes a lot of effort. It really takes a lot within you to care enough to want to help someone. I can tell you firsthand the Bank of America does not care about people whenever they're victims of crimes. This man was a victim of crime. Now, you know, Madagascar email and all this bullshit notwithstanding. Three structured transfers totaling fifteen thousand dollars, which I'm assuming is five five five, five thousand each. How does that not set off a red flag? Yes, they froze his card. But how does that second one get through? It's very unorthodox. It's very unorthodox how that happens. I did a demonstration video about the huge security flaws the Bank of America EDD uh, website had. And I go over those over and over again. because, like, There's no way to kind of restrict someone from committing massive fraud on you um, with that particular website. You know, if someone has enough information, they can get through and they can screw you over. And I went over that two years ago. I, I did a lot of interviews. We talked about it. And it's sad to say that this still happens. We are still talking about this to this day. And I got to tell you, it is the most frustrating thing I think I have ever seen. You know, I, I don't understand how someone can be so bad how they can be so bad at doing one particular thing, and that's just managing unemployment. They get money from the state. It's like, here's the money for unemployment, and then here you go, James. Here you go, Alfredo. Here's $500. Here's $1,000. Finally, and this is just my personal opinion, although I don't know Alfredo's um, banking history. I don't know why or who he banks with or why he banks there or whatever. Um... If he got that in a lump sum and it was just sitting on this very unprotected debit card and he had a bank account, I'm going to put 25% blame on the customer there. That, that card, that EDD debit card is not a bank account. It doesn't have the same rights. It doesn't have the same feels as a bank account. Okay, It's, it's just a piece of plastic that the bank linked to you to give you money. No account benefits whatsoever, okay? And yes, you have fraud protection, blah, 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 blah. It's different when you're an actual customer of an actual bank. So whenever you get that money in there and you go, well, I'm going to keep some for a rainy day and I'm going to move this over to this bank account. No, move it all to the bank that you trust. Open another bank account at the bank you trust. Throw it in there in case of emergency, break glass, and it's there for you not with a bank that you don't bank with that you don't deal with that if you get burned they're not going to help you so i put that in a lot of people although he may very well be unbanked or underbanked, and that might be the reason why i got stuck there i could tell you that that still happens to this day well if it did happen to this day you need to figure out a better way uh to to get this out of bank of america's hands even if you go the prepaid card route at like walgreens or something just for god's sakes find the easiest way to get it away from Bank of America because you're putting yourself at risk by trusting them. Now, look, I've said it over and over again. The bank is not going to change its stripes. Tiger doesn't change its stripes, and Bank of America is not going to change its stripes when it comes to fraud protection. That being said, because there are so many stories like this, people learning for the first time how to file unemployment or people still waiting on unemployment for almost two years ago, you need to be cognizant of what's going on in the world around you you need to be googling and say hey what's this edd thing is there any stories about edd if someone got fraud committed on them that the bank fixed it there's a lot of things happening that a lot of people don't do and one of the reasons why i do this podcast is to be proactive and say one thing hey this can happen to you so watch your ass watch watch what happens around you because guess what the bank is not going to be there to help you in the event of something bad happening. You have to protect yourself. Michael Finney from KGO in San Francisco is not going to be there to rescue everyone's money. They're going to pick a couple of people here and there. They're going to tell the stories. They're going to get their money back. They're going to pat themselves on the back, which I totally pat him on the back as well. But Alfredo is not millions of people. Alfredo is one person, and there are still millions of people impacted by this. So you got to do your best part to make sure that it doesn't happen to you by getting the fuck out of Bank of America's EDD card, period, end of story. After this brief promotional consideration, I'll be right back with just kind of a little mini-narrative about my four-year anniversary of being liberated from Bank of America, so please stick around. Alright guys, I'm back with more Notorious Banker, my final segment of the day. So I posted a podcast on August 13th telling you that I was going to post a podcast on August 17th, which is my anniversary of my termination from bank of america that was one week ago i apologize for not doing it then I was a busy person writing this book trying to figure out life uh, but guess what i'm still thinking about it I'm still talking about it because i found out that my branch manager may not be the branch manager of that branch anymore um there was a posting for financial center manager in las cruces new mexico my town on bank of america's career site And i'm just wondering what the shit happened like I was so confused as to what the hell happened with Bank of America and particularly this manager who was my my mentor for many years. Someone who actually you know put me under her wing and, and helped me fly. Not to sound cliche, but I did well with this person. So I'm wondering if this person is still with the company and if not, what's going on? Never had a problem with her. It was everyone above her that caused me to be terminated from bank of america it's been four years on august the 17th um so four years in a week now and it's funny you know i sit here i'm in a muscle shirt i'm in cargo shorts i'm barefoot i'm barefoot like 60 percent of the time and i and i look at myself in the mirror sometimes i go do i want to do this for the rest of my life and i go yes i think i do and there's that little bit of hesitancy there But that's just because, you know what, so many people don't understand my job. So many people don't understand the work that I do and why I do it. And I really think that it's important, I think, to have an advocate that says fuck, that says shit, that says these people are a bunch of idiots is the way to go. Um, I was talking to Ralph Nader, third-party presidential candidate. Um, Pretty awesome person, you know. A lot of people don't like him because of the 2000 election, but that's, that's something that's that you guys could talk about i don't want to talk about he's an old man you know he's been doing things since the was it the ford uh fairlane or edsel or the pinto whatever i don't even know what ford but it, he's you know he's talking about how it could possibly explode when it's in a car accident or whatever this guy's been around for years and then all of a sudden he starts posting about bank of america being shitty on twitter this is almost a 90 year old man complaining about bank of america And I got a chance to talk to him. I got a chance to talk to the ultimate consumer advocate. And it's cool to have those people acknowledge you because I value a person like that's opinion about what's going on. If they can see it, that means I'm seeing it too. So many people impacted. I miss a lot of my customers. I miss a lot of people that I helped over the years because I really do feel when I left that their banking lives were that much worse because... I was their defender. I was that person protecting them from Bank of America. That's what I felt like. And um, I avoid people at times. I see them at the grocery store, and I don't know if they see me. But I'm not going to be the one. Hey, I remember you. Hey, how's it going? I don't want to have that conversation about what I'm doing now, even though I'm so damn proud of it, because they won't understand what I'm doing. You know what I mean? But four years ago, I'm opening an account for a person named Stephanie Cano. Girl from Indiana, she gives me her IDs. Indiana IDs have a, a dash, a hyphen on their ID number. Bank of America pre fills those dashes, or it's widely known that you enter in the things without the special characters when you're doing IDs. I've seen Florida ones that have like four dashes in them not have dashes at all. That's not a security risk or whatever. Put that ID number in, put her address in. She opens an account, she's a server, she has a couple $25 checks, so we do that, we deposit those. She walks out with a debit card, I get an email from her not too long ago, not too long after I opened the account, excuse me, but I never saw her again in person. Cut to a couple months later, allegedly, she goes to the other bank, and there's some issues going on with her account. And she mentions, "Well, oh, no, I was helped by James or whatever, and something happened. During the process of inputting her IDs, I omitted the dash, which is my normal protocol. But what happens is it presents an override that says, hey, Check Systems, which is a company that's kind of like early warning systems, which is like Zell, which is owned by Zell, or Zell owns them or whatever, um, just says, hey, ID requirements. Just want to verify that you got this ID in hand. I type in the notes, Indiana ID, put the number, and I put other id on there and then i put my nbk which is my bank id and my password i accept the override i was my own supervisor at that point because of the short staffing at bank of america we were totally limited on staffing my manager's like i'm going to give you this authority that way you can do your own thing because i'm always going to be busy and i was fine with that i overrode so many things i knew policy i knew procedure i knew how to protect the asses of everyone in that branch because i knew what i was doing Apparently, when I put that override on the system to accept her non-dashed driver's license number, it created a, a flag, if you will. But this is something that should be normal, because there's banks in Indiana, FYI. I just wanted to let you know. Got to two months later, we closed the branch. I get transferred to the other bank. I'm sitting there at my desk helping a basketball player. i get an email from bank of america corporate security wanting me to go to el paso to discuss something that i did and they wanted to talk on august 14th at 8 a.m sharp which means i had to leave here at like six in the morning to get there on time i was scared shitless i remember laying in bed that night with my wife i couldn't go to sleep i just was like what can they possibly want from me i knew that that email was bad i never had an email like that over 13 years i was scared shitless i'm like i'm gonna get fired for what what did i do i'm the safest person with the most audit friendly manager i think ever and that's that's the truth that is the truth she was good at what she did the investigator whose name is sheree lullman out of dallas she flew to fucking dallas from dallas to el paso to talk to me tells me that um if i need to take a moment if i'm crying that i can stop i'm like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I was just like so like okay, I didn't understand what was going on. And she never met the likes of me, or maybe she did and she just didn't like me, but she had questions, I had answers. I knew exactly who she was talking about cuz this was a person that I liked talking to when I helped them as a customer. So it was no secret, like, oh, I don't know who that is or whatever. No, I told them the truth. I was up front. I looked people in the eye. I said, this is what had happened. This is what I think you're talking about, whatever. I wrote down the thing, uh, a little statement saying this is what's happening. And then whenever it's time to leave, I was like, can I have a copy of that for my records? like, oh, yeah, we'll send you a copy. I never got that fucking copy because I was fired a couple of days later. Now, here's the thing. Abusing my override authority is the richest way, and I'm rolling my eyes as I say that, of firing yours truly the notorious banker. Because I was my own supervisor, so I was allowed to override my, my authority or override my account issues because I had the authority. I wasn't trying to make myself look good. I was trying to help a customer. I helped that customer, and the only way to help them was to just say, hey, I viewed their ID. It looks valid. It is valid. Here is my initials. Here's my password that says I I entrust myself in this person. But then what I've come to find over the last four years is that supervisor authority for my role is something that really shouldn't be there. It was there kind of as a convenience thing for my branch. But in reality, and this is my personal opinion, you could use supervisor override authority as a means of framing someone. And I really do believe that I was framed and fired as a result of that at Bank of America. To go from not having a write up to being terminated is just just blows my mind. I got screwed out of quarter two two thousand eighteen bonus pay. I got screwed out of severance that every one of my coworkers got whenever our branch was gonna close. I made business decisions and and career decisions based on the fact that I knew my job, I trusted myself with my job, I knew how to keep myself going there. And I wanted to stick around because I knew that I can thrive in a place that I knew pretty well, really, really well. While I turned down a $65,000 a year job, I turned down the opportunity to open up my own state farm insurance agency to continue working at Bank of America. And they fired me seven days after they closed my branch. Am I bitter? I am not bitter. Am I pissed off about that? Pissed off is different than bitter. You're damn right I'm pissed off. You're damn right I'm pissed off because you know what? You taking me away from that took away from a lot of customers I cared about. And I know that there's no one in that branch that cared enough about them more than I did. I'm so thankful for The Notorious Banker. That experience that I had getting fired showed me all the bad things about banking that I never wanted to tell myself were true because it never happened to me. When it happened to me, it affirmed everything that I always thought. That Bank of America just, if they want to just shit you out, they're going to shit you out. I've had two different women who got fired from Bank of America tell me that in no uncertain terms. It's like, when they want you gone, they're going to find a way to get you gone. They found a way to get me gone, they, they exploited that, and I'm out the door. Believe me when I say, when I do podcasts and I talk, more than half the time about bank of america this is going to be my ultimate love letter to those assholes because what i want to do what i want to prove to you is that i was the best banker that i could be that i was the best customer service rep i could be i'm the best person for the job for a job that i don't want and no longer want bank of america didn't want me and that's fine i don't want them either but i want to show them how fucking stupid they are By not having this person who cared so much about the clientele of this particular town for the last 13 years that they didn't want to give me a chance whenever um, the shit proverbially hit the fan with what I was doing with my life. Now, going forward, what am I going to do with Notorious Banker? Well, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I have to. That's really the only way that I can function as a human being is say, you know what, I really think... That going forward i'm going to continue this career this advocacy and i think i'm going to do a good job at it does that mean i worry about finances at times of course i worry about them all the time but here's the thing i worry about my finances when i was employed at bank of america i had student loans deferred and then i had student loans garnished I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay mortgage with my wife. Now I'm paying it. quote, being unemployed. I didn't realize that I was going to be resourceful and ingenious and find a cottage industry next to banking that both throws a middle finger in the air towards big banks who screw customers and at the same time do what I love to do, and that's help people, and that's help people. Going forward, The Notorious Banker is only going to be stronger and bolder and this fifth year that I'm starting outside of the banking industry is going to be a meaningful one because I got a book coming out that's really important to me about Zell. And I got a book coming out after that. that's really important to me about how I lost my shit working at Bank of America. I have to tell that story. I have to tell my personal story. Otherwise I'm not shit. I'm not, I'm not being true to myself unless I tell you why. My journey was a hard one. My journey was a believable one. And my journey is still continuing to this day. Look, Bank of America, it's nothing personal. It's just business. You want to call your clientele. You want to get rid of millions upon millions of customers. Go from 67 million to probably less than half of that because the rest of those people do not generate revenue for you. I'll see to it that a lot of the people who do generate revenue for me leave as a result of my hard work as the notorious banker. And I'm going to keep on keeping on until you, until you beg for forgiveness. And then maybe I'll forgive you. <laughs> um, I say this in, in all seriousness to tell you that all the resentment that I have towards Bank of America will be fully displayed in the work that I do helping other people not manifesting itself in any other way because that's just not the right way to do it that's just not who i am as a person being angry being physical and all that is not me being cerebral being someone who is going to show them hey you fucked up whenever you messed with with me that's that's going to be me until we meet again friends my name is james baca known professionally as the notorious banker starting year five of this crazy journey after being at bank of america for so long i promise you all be all right i hope that you'll be all right and i thank you so much for listening to this podcast i will be back with another podcast in a few days or as breaking news warrants i should have more information on my new book coming up in the next podcast as well so until we meet again my friends my name is james Bacchus signing off thank you so much for listening to my podcast and you have a great day